Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host, Scotty Bentley, also host at Locked On Tigers. And joining us today is the host of Locked On Sharks, J.D. Young, Eklund approved, as his Twitter bio says. Uh, how you doing, J.D.? <laughs> doing well. Doing well, man. Uh, it's been a while since the uh, Sharks Red Wings have uh, played a game together, so... Yeah, looking forward to this one. It's been no so kidding. long uh, that this is my first crossover episode. So <laughs> what, what a way to break it in with the with the Sharks, the content boys. The content boys. As baby. they're uh, self-proclaimed. I mean, it's it's true. Nothing gets me better than your guys's now that you had uh, the one time where it was just the toilet flushing. The toilet you, flushing is you the shared best. That it's the best that. now in, in any sport in network history. Uh, I, I stand by it. Yeah, yeah that is, one. It was, yeah, that was, I, they, they blew a, three goal lead to to vegas last year during and that i think that would best exemplified how that shark season went where it just you just want to flush it down the toilet and get to the draft so yeah absolutely we've been there quite a lot so yes (laughs) maybe maybe for once maybe this year be the first year they don't have a top 10 draft pick and i don't know how to feel about that um but a step forward for this team for sure this year um seems that way for the sharks as well as we do a crossover episode with lockdown sharks um, and I was looking at the standings before we got to this because, you know, I focus mostly on the Atlantic division. Go mm. figure. That's the division the Red Wings are in. And the Sharks and the Red Wings are in a very similar position standings wise. Now, technically, the Sharks are six in their division playing in a very tough Pacific division, uh, but they have more points in the Red Wings by two. And I guess uh, my number one question is, is how big of a step forward do you think that the Sharks have taken this year and and because we, we debate this all the time, it's great to have a step forward, but was it the right time? Was it worth it in the end when like how much more your team may need? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's been the question for the sharks kind of all season, right? Like the, you know, of course uh, ownership, well, not really ownership, but like the, the management comes out and they want to say like, Hey, we want to make the playoffs. You know, we, we feel good about our bones, our core, you know, and especially with when you have guys like Brent Burns and, Eric Carlson and Logan Couture and Hurdle and like some of these guys who are a little bit older, you know, and it's like you're you want to try to maybe one last ride with these guys. And you know how it is. You get in the playoffs and anything can happen. But, you know, and you, the Sharks, they went out and they kind of made those moves this offseason. Right. They signed James Reimer. They traded for Aiden Hill. You know, they signed Nick Bonino and Andrew Cagliano to kind of just shore up that bottom six to just have NHL caliber guys compared to what they've been running out the past couple of years. But it's still just, it feels like this team, you know, anytime they play anybody of any merit, like the Penguins on Sunday, they just get the doors blown off them. I mean, not as bad as, as what happened. You know, the, the Sharks, they gave up four goals in the first six minutes and they were able to scrap their way back into that game and make it a game. But it's, it's just anytime they play these good caliber teams, you know, they just show that this team's not ready. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, do you want to maybe take like the Red Wings approach where it's like, if you're going to, try to reboot or whatever like 
actually go ahead and reboot and try to get these these good draft picks and have a historically bad season and then have, get saved by a, a pandemic <laughs> yes and you know but it's like you're you see with the red wings where it's going to be paying off here really soon right where it's like you have you have guys making an impact right now in like cider and lucas raymond and then you've got guys coming um you know that are that are going to help kind of build this new core with the team so and that's, that's what kyle and i have been like maybe it's just time to do that now so sure I, I i think one of the interesting things that we're both pretty near each other in the in the standings as far as the entire outlook of the nhl and it's the red wings are in a weird place where it's like it's just wild inconsistency across mm-hmm. like like we've played really good teams really well and like beaten some damn good teams Edmonton, and then we've boston washington right vegas like, and then we've lost teams. to like cellar dwellers and yeah. and it's like this weird like twice. right right like we got the the absolute doors blown off us by montreal twice like like brian said and and it's it's just this weird uh like like you guys have this uh, a pretty healthy balance of youth and veteran presence within your mm-hmm. roster and and like some young players and some kind of older players whereas the wings are just like all, not all, but but a large. It's Majority. a really young roster. Their yeah. average age, I think, is twenty eight years old, which yeah, is incredibly young for a roster. Yeah, and, and and that causes that that you know, like we're not at a point where we're beating bad teams, losing to good teams. We're just like some nights, <laughs> some nights you never we have know what it, you're gonna get. Yeah, and some <laughs> nights we don't, and it's just a complete grab bag of of a mystery every time puck drops. Yeah, and I think that's what you expect with a, a really young team too, where it's just like they don't know how to win consistently consistently. You know, and I, I think that's where the sharks, like you have guys like Katora and hurdle and Brent Burns and Eric, Carl, like these guys who've seen it and done it all. And like, that's where you're going to, I think get those more consistent nights. I mean, the, you know, but then like, like I said, they just don't have the talent to match up to some of these higher end teams. And, you know, the sharks have, they've had to play a lot of young guys this year. I think they've, you know, at one point when, the, you know, they had the COVID outbreak and, you know, the NHL, of course, they, they don't want to stop it for the Sharks. You know, those guys, they're the they're on the West Coast. Nobody cares about them. But, you know, they're <laughs> running out like 10 guys who are under the age of 23 at one point. And it's, you know, like it was Brent Burns on the power play with a bunch of children at some, you know, but like, <laughs> um, you know, but it's just like that's but I mean, that's it's it sucks right now, but that's good experience for these guys. And like, that's how you learn to win and stuff. And then when you try to make those playoff pushes later, it's that these little experiences are they're just those building blocks that make you into a, a championship team, hopefully. Well, and the one thing I've noticed with the Sharks, and it's kind of gotten the fervor of social media is, is the resurgent season that Eric Carlson has had. And, you know, last I had checked, he was dead in the water. You know, yeah. every, everyone, especially Sharks fans, were dreading the contract that he was given and how it was going to be just, you know, dead cap space by the end of his career if he didn't get bought out before that. But here he comes this year. He's got, I think, 27 points in 29 games. He's looked really solid. I mean, he's that he, he looks like he's having a resurgence of that offensive defenseman that, you know, they signed him to be all those years ago. And I guess my question now is, like, what? why is now – he suddenly back to form. I think he's fully healthy, right? So the 1819 season when you know the Sharks traded for him, 
you know, he tore his groin, famously tore his groin and like he tried to play through it, you know, and he kind of the back end of the season, you know, he missed a lot of the time, came back for the playoffs and he tried to play through it. And, you know, the famous joke is he had a, a PPG on half a PP like that. Like, the, the <laughs> that's, no, that's amazing. Yeah. But like, nice. you know, then he came back the next year and the team just wasn't the same. And like he was, you know, like that shortened season, he he missed, he broke his thumb and they kind of just like pulled him. And then like. Last year, he you could see the flashes, but the defense just wasn't there. But this year, like, you know, I feel like he's fully healthy. He trained, he stayed in San Jose this offseason and trained with the team, you know, like with the teammates when they had the, you know, the captain's ice and stuff like that. But like, I think just him being fully healthy, I just think also just having more competent players, like you could see where he was trying to make passes and having a guy, you know, like just more competent players on the ice instead of like, you know, just name your random AHL guy who's stuck out there at the time, you know, like just having those guys on the ice and being able to like finish stuff. And then that's, that's what leads to the points. And you could just see too, just his confidence of like, Oh, you know, I'm so healthy. I can still make these moves that, that he wasn't able to make a couple of years ago where he just like deke somebody and just takes off, uh, you know, through the neutral zone and starts to rush. And, you know, it, it's been nice to see him and uh, Kyle and I have, We've always believed. We've always believed in you, Eric Carlson. And it's just nice to see, you know, he's, he's, he's an outside Beautiful Norris Beautiful vindication. Candidate. Yeah. The outside Norris candidacy right now is, is something nice to see. You know, right behind Moritz Sider. I get it. Uh, <laughs> right behind him. Right just, behind him. Just a, just a smidge. Just a smidge. Um, you know what you have to use just a smidge of is Primal Origin Oils. Wow. Got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Just a little bit of oil on your mm -hmm. palms. We'll make that beard silky smooth. I know from personal experience, maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States of America. The combo kits make... A great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Now, JD, I have ranted and I've raved about how much I've been loving the uh, Primal Origin oils, and I can't help but notice you're also the owner of a really nice beard. Thank you. You how know what helps? Your, you know, what helps? It's that whipped butter. Makes it nice and, you know, gets rid of the dandruff, it makes it less itchy, and it smells like cookies. And uh, Mrs. Young enjoys that, so... Oh, we got to get Mrs. Young on the podcast so we can confirm that. <laughs> Brian's just happy he finally has someone he can, he can talk beard stuff with. Mm. Yeah, so I, I've never had that. Yeah, you, you haven't. You're right. Never, <laughs> never. Yeah, you've never had that. Sure. <laughs> we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on. Gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code LOCKDOWN and check out for 20% off. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice. And your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. Going, actually digging into tonight's game. So it's going to be interesting with the, the Sharks because, I mean, they got the doors blown out on the first, you know, in the first period against the Penguins. So, you know, and they're they're going to start getting some guys back. Um, Lord Jasper Weatherby is going to be making his return, the fourth line uh, center for the Sharks. Uh, and then, but Bob Bugner has already come out and said he's going to try to mix up the pairings. Um, Mario Ferraro is still out; he's on the COVID list. But like, I mean, the big question I think is going to be Vlasic, who's been a stalwart in the Sharks' defense for many years. But 
has just fallen off a cliff the past couple of years. And I think this might be the game where he sees the press box, especially with, you know, they, they have Ryan Merkley on the taxi squad and it just might be time to pull out the bandaid and have that right side of Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Mario Ferraro, and just let him ride. The, uh, I, well, I think the, the, we have come to such a, with Blashill, Blashill's like the CEO of line, Mm-hmm. juggling yeah like like mixing and and juggling around lines and so much so that he'll he'll just switch up lines like mid game like it'll be yeah. like halfway through the second and they'll just like the lines will just be different you're like oh oh, oh yeah this is right. I, yeah i guess i guess i guess phillips need is a third liner now that's kind of crazy Probably so uh yeah yeah for real um <laughs> except that practice so he was in I, second line today but well you know dog every day of the week <laughs> uh and and so it's 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 interesting to to game plan against right i think that's like one of the weirdest things with uh a head coach that does that or just with the situation that you guys are put in where like that kind of has to happen mm-hmm. um the 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 game planning against then becomes so because like all our defensive pairings at least when healthy have been like pretty solid and like solidified mm-hmm. it's i think it's just i don't know about solid <laughs> well, okay <laughs> yeah solid yeah. in the well, sense of the names you're seeing not yeah. solid in the sense of production for sure you got um, one defenseman who's number one d-man and then you got he who shall not be named <laughs> danny de kaiser hell yeah sharing a oh. line with most cider it's a great time a um but but i to the original point i i, I just think it's interesting the the difference of of game planning when you know who you're going to see versus mm-hmm. a complete kind of free-for-all to be honest with you of of names that are just going to be kind of pulled out of a hat yeah and especially with two teams who don't play each other very often you know right. it's it's like you know it's you know if you're playing a division foe or you're you're playing teams that you play a lot where it's like you can kind of like you know what you're expecting but you know i, I think this what's going to make this game kind of fun is like for Sharks fans, we don't, you know, we haven't seen the Red Wings in two plus years now. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while. And even the team that was that saw last time is completely different than what we saw, right. what we're going to see tonight. So what should the, as a Sharks fans, what should we be looking for with the Red Wings? Like who are, who are the, the, the guys to look out for? Uh, well, I mean like the rookies is like the <laughs> big one, but like the, as far as production, the, one of the biggest things on the year has been it's not quite as dramatic as it used to be because our depth is a little bit better but for the most part you shut down the top line you you have a pretty damn good chance of winning the the game and the the top line has been unbelievably productive when healthy the the Bertuzzi Larkin and Raymond top line has been uh, I I mean for real and until the the shutdown was one of the more productive lines in all of hockey Um, on December 18th JD uh, Dylan Larkin scored a hat trick. Tyler Bertuzzi had two goals, and Lucas Raymond had three assists. Like the, the, that top <laughs> line, yeah, yeah, that top line is the entire offense for the Detroit Red Wings. And like Scotty was saying, like the the second line's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Hugh Suter's a, a dependable second liner. Robbie Fabry, you know, will show flashes. Just got paid. Robbie Just got Fabry. paid. Got a contract in the middle of the season. Stay here yeah. for a couple more years. Good for him. Um, yeah, that's a great story. I, I, I'm always a big supporter of Robbie Fabry. Vladimir Mesnikov, I think, is honestly – I mean, he's fifth on the team in scoring. He's having a sneaky good season, and he's 
he's a guy who can be a middle six forward. Scotty and I just talked about him yesterday. Like he is really a really good forward to put on the third line because he dominates uh, on the third line. And on the second line, he's he's still consistent. It's just the only problem with putting him on the second line is him finding the chemistry uh, with Pew Suter and, and your whole Robbie depth Fabry. is just, yeah, you know, your depth's down different. A bit, yeah. Right. But it really is at the end of the day, if, if the, if, if the first line is productive, I mean the, the, again, and, and the, like we talked about in segment one, the, the first line has been productive against some of the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like, you know, we lost to the coyotes in overtime oh like, and, and it was because the top line didn't do anything. So I forgot the, about that. Thank you, Scotty. Nothing happened. And that, you know what I mean? Like there's, it, it really is. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if there's like a specific game plan against it or what. It's just simply if, if the top line's feeling it and producing, we're in for a good night. If they're not, it, it could be a long one for us and, and a pretty, pretty darn good one for y'all. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, the top line of the Sharks, where it's that Couture Meyer, and then it's been Darlene or Barabanov. I, again, we don't know what the lines are because uh, Bob Bugner said he's going to change them up. But that Couture Meyer, Darlene has kind of been the top line, and they've been, just, you know, very productive as well. And especially with the way Timo Meyer has been playing this season, where he's been at 31 uh, points so far in. I think this is game 32 or 33. So he's been basically a point per player game. And, you know, he got benched against the Flyers and then responded with a three, three primary assists against the Penguins. So um, I expect Timo time tonight to uh, just, I think there's gonna be a lot of Timo time tonight, just the way he's been playing and just that physical, like I'm going to drive to the net and there's nobody, there's nothing that you can do to stop me type of guy. And I'm Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if, if the, Red Wings defense is just going to be able to have an answer for. Oh, they that. have an answer. Oh yeah, they have oh, one. They have one answer. <laughs> it depends on one. what side he's going to come from. To be honest with you, that, <laughs> just, that'll just, determine whether we have an answer. Or it not. depends uh, if yeah. he's on the ice at that time. But right, we have yeah. one answer. We have <laughs> one answer. A, a big excited. burly uh, physical physical kid out there. That uh, that yeah that it's so ridiculous. Like it it truly is watching watching the defense and watching Mo Sider just dominate. Put it like whatever, back. like anything, and then anybody that goes to the Kaiser side, it's just like a free line to the net. You're like, <laughs> all right, like that, that, that's fun. But uh, did you? I don't know if did you see any of the the social media rounds of Morris Sider the last two days. The Wings lost both games this past weekend, but he had he had an incredibly great game from a physical standpoint. I mean, he's what 21 years old and he's just <laughs> bodying grown ass men who are trying to hit him, and he's just counter hitting. People keep trying to challenge him and. And he honestly, to this point, Sider hadn't really been as physical as we had seen. Like I talked mm-hmm. about it last night again with Scotty. Um, Moritz Sider was advertised to us like these past two years through social media as like this big physical defenseman. And he's big and he's very yeah. good at defense and he has a sneaky good offensive upside. But we hadn't really seen any of the big hits that we had seen until the last two games. And he has been like confidently laying out the body, confidently, confidently bullying grown ass men out there the last yeah. two days. And it's just, I mean, don't want to, don't want to, Scotty and I have done it plenty of times. Yeah. But Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, man, there, there's a reason why they're in the top, consistently in the top three in these early polls for Calder Trophy vote, voting because they are just, they have been a, such a dominant force. Lucas Raymond, a little bit more of a surprising season, I think, than Moritz Sider mm-hmm. has been because Moritz Sider's been as advertised. Like we knew coming over, he'd be the number one defenseman right off the bat. But he has just been so, like so consistently good he's top minutes every single game 25 plus minutes the problem is is like we were joking about a couple minutes ago that's 
One. One answer. Yeah. <laughs> one and answer, yeah. the rest of your defense, like Nick Letty's been okay. He's been playing second pair minutes. Philip Ronick's been okay playing second pair minutes. He's usually the guy who gets, if it's not more at side or it's Philip Ronick getting the most minutes every night. But outside of that, you know, Troy Stetcher has been injured. So you have Jordan Osterley who's, you know, playing every single day. And he's just, you know, he's a fill-in. Dan yeah. Renouf occasionally gets called up. Um, I won't talk Big bad Dan about Dan Renouf because yeah. Scotty watch, loves him. Watch yourself. <laughs> but uh, there's just not a lot of depth outside of the top offensive line and more outsider to really depend on. And that's why this team has so much wild inconsistency along with being young is while they they're showing great progress and they've taken massive steps forward. It's just that the, the pieces aren't all there yet and it's going to come. Like I, I, I'm not yeah. like, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs this year anyways. Um, so Scotty and I just always are like the, the massive step forward they took this year wasn't expected. So we're going to be happy either way, Yeah, but there's definitely still some pieces to be filled before we can confidently say a night in night out like oh playoff contender yeah so then i expect then that hurdle line should eat that second line there where you know i'm no offense, but hurdle is way better than pie suitors type like so that that you're line not offending of, anyone here with that yeah. <laughs> um you know Tomas Hurdle, who's been on a hot streak. I think he just had his point streak. Uh, I think like an eight-game point streak that was just ended against the Penguins, which is kind of crazy when you score five goals and you're not and you're the two seed and you don't get a point in that game. But like, so yeah, I expect him and if, if him and Baraban off, they've had some really nice chemistry this year. Um, you know, uh, Hurdle can play that really physical game, and then Baraban off, who they they picked up. Um, uh, or they traded from the Leafs who he wasn't doing, you know, just kind of getting constantly scratched, but he's been a really nice diamond in the rough type of guy for the Sharks where his vision and the way he's able to find open guys, it's really, really uh, kind of outstanding compared to what, you know, the guy who was basically free um, from the, from the Leafs. And, you know, like, I think those two guys work really well together. They're still trying to find that third guy on that, that, that line. Um, you know, I think Noah Gregor's been playing on there and he's, he provides a speed element, but just, doesn't have the accuracy when he shoots. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that second line is, is going to be really important tonight for the, the Sharks. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Thomas Hurdle and him being a better option at second center than <laughs> you, Suter. And that actually reminded me, we had a, a guest on a couple weeks ago in uh, Jake Rivard, a writer for Wing in Motown. And mm-hmm. he was talking about his articles he had written about the three possible steps the Wings could take this, pos- pat, or this next offseason. And the one thing he brought up is the option of bringing Thomas Hurdle in as a replacement for Pew Suter. Um, how are you feeling confident-wise that Thomas Hurdle will return to the San Jose Sharks after this offseason? Uh, well, like, it's going to be tough because, like, Tomas Hurdle, he is kind of going to be the bell of the ball at the trade deadline, right? If the, the Sharks, you know, if they kind of peter out and, you know, they realize that they're not going to – like, they're going to be able to get a haul for him, right? Like, who wouldn't want to add – arguably the best to see in the league, right? If you're, you know, the Colorado or whoever it is, right? and he does, you're not going to have to pay much for him to like uh, contract wise. I think his contract's like five, well, it's less than $6 million a year. And of course the sharks are going to eat half of that just to, you know, to be able to help out and facilitate yeah. the trade. You know, if you can get like a first round pick and, a, you know, one of the a top two or three prospects on it, you know, from a, a team and plus whatever else, like it's going to be really enticing. But I mean, Tomas Hurdle is my favorite shark right now. Like he is, you know, and it is he's just so much fun to pl- like watch play and just the energy and he's always happy and smiling and, um, you know, it's the way the sharks are trending this year. I th- I think it might be one of those things where it's 
for the good of the franchise, like if you really, really want to reboot and try to get a brand, you know, like this new core in, trading Tomash Hurdle isn't the worst thing in the world because you're going to get, you know, if say if you're the app, like what if you get like, you know, Bowen Byram from the Avs and plus a first round pick and it's like you you pair him with Eklund and then you're ready to go. And then whoever, and the Sharks are probably going to have a top 10 pick this year in a very deep draft class. There's your three pieces right there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm at like 40% that the that hurdle will be back next year. So what a score prediction for tonight. Lay it out. Uh, let's see. James Reimer's going to start. He played abysmally in the first against the Penguins. So I think he bounces back big tonight. Um, and I think he, I think the sharks win. I'm going to go three to two, the most hockey score, generic hockey score ever. Um, give me a, give me a goal from Timo Meyer too. So. That's I strange like because I, for some reason, think the Red Wings are going to win. Uh. Wild. <laughs> uh. No, I, I think that uh, Red Wings are uh, not the last two games, but the Red Wings are historically this season better on home ice by a lot. And mm. I think coming back with 13 days off and losing the first two games is going to light a fire under their ass. And I think Lucas Raymond, who's been quiet last two games, is going to pop two in the back of that. I think they honestly went four to two and hit the over. Mm. Wow. I was going to say four to two as well for the wings. Uh, mine was more of just like how often, you know, like empty netters, you know, somebody else, somebody will pull the goalie and, uh, and get a nice little empty netter there. Um, I think who's going to score, man. If you don't um, say Giovanni Smith, man, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's the King. That's the dog. Um, Man, if, honestly, I'm gonna go with it just because if Giovanni Smith does end up scoring, that would that would make me an incredibly happy human being. So yeah. we'll just go with that. No risk it, no biscuit, right? So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Got to risk it. All right, no, I'll uh, I'll go with Giovanni. Hell yeah, JD. I have uh, another question for you, and right. I have to ask this one because Scotty and I promised that we would ask every single guest we have on this question <laughs> from here until the end of time. Don't let me down. Have you ever heard of the saying um, or the the riddle that is uh, the the horse's name was Friday? Uh, no. I love you. <laughs> Thank you, JD. You know what? You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thank you. You want, you want to set up the riddle, buddy? Because you, you got to say the whole thing it's every time. Dog. It's like the the somebody rides into town on a Friday. He leaves two days later. It's still Friday. Oh, the horse's name, His was name Friday. is Friday. Got it. This is like this is like my entire childhood was us just like saying this riddle and like making it. It was like it turned into a joke where like anytime a horse was brought up, we we're like, oh yeah, the horse. And for whatever reason, we it first started because I said it. Brian was like, oh, the team's got to get back on the horse, and then I said that, and he was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean, what? You've never heard of that? And he was like, no. So. Started this big debate with between us about whether it was a well-known saying or not. It is not. As someone who's lived like multiple places across the country, yeah, I've I've lived all up and down the East Coast, up and down the West Coast. I've traveled all throughout the country. I've been to I think I've been like 35 of the 50 states, and I've never ever ever heard that joke before. So that's 
that's <laughs> so when we had Tony, this is it became an inside joke, and now we'll yeah. just every, every once in a while I'll say the horse's name's Friday. Um, and we had Tony Ferrari on, who I'm sure you know who Tony yes, Ferrari yeah, he's is. He's been on the Locked On Sharks, yeah, super well known guy. Sharks guy, yeah. too. Yeah, um, he uh, we asked him, and he didn't know what it was either. And we posted that clip on the social media, and I caught all kinds of heat for not knowing what this is. And so, Scotty so. and I made uh, a, an agreement anytime we had a guest on, we would ask, and so far. Scotty is now 0 for 3 on <laughs> asking people because myself. Has nobody Tony said Ferrari, yes? Nobody on our show, myself, Tony Ferrari, and now JD have all said no to knowing about the riddle of the horse. I feel Friday. like somebody said yes. And you're just you're just gaslighting me. I'm not I gaslighting like you. I feel, like so, I feel like somebody said yes. Oh, it was you. So you cool. said yes. But, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm just thinking of he's counting I'm himself. Just, maybe I'm just thinking of. Twitter. Well, I mean, you counted yourself, so. Well, he asked me. He can't <laughs> yeah. ask himself. He already knows. Yeah, ridiculous. Why you want to count I, me I out? Count. You're over two still. That's not a good batting average either, buddy. Man, I feel I feel like somebody said yes, and I can't remember who. Everyone on social media said yes, but they're not. They don't. Their opinions don't. Well, I'm not gonna say that because <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, say that. Say that. That's a good thing to say for sure. Good luck on that one. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it'll come to me. What's it like having the best second or second best uniforms in the league? Who are you saying behind the Red Wings? Yeah. Well, obviously behind the Red Wings. <laughs> I mean, well, they're they could be number one if they wore their heritage jerseys all the time. So but good. Yes, so they're good. so good. And of course, like one thing about it, like especially last year where it's like, you know, you basically didn't have fans in the this, this stands all year for their 30th anniversary. 2021, the beginning of the season was still part of the 30th and like 30th year. Like we can't pull them out at least like once. And we got to wear the black stealth jersey. So the shark before the Flyers game, the Sharks were 0 for 5 in the stealth jersey oh, this God. year. It was like, a, like people were like thought they were legitimately cursed. And you, you have these beautiful stealth jerseys or uh, heritage jerseys that you could be wearing all the time and like but no we gotta we gotta pull out reverse retros which were garbage jerseys and the cell jerseys were white with a gray stripe how is that reverse or retro it was <laughs> it was, was so, so bad, bad. Yeah. no but honestly, like the, with the shark you couldn't even see the numbers like on the back like when they were on the ice you couldn't even tell like see the numbers like they with the reverse retros it was like oh i think that's bear banoff or it could be balsers or it could like i don't know who that you know it's just yeah it's like the only you could tell is like oh that's carlson because his long hair and like that's brent burns because he's a freaking <laughs> maniac but like, <laughs> like chewbacca yeah. yeah well and outside of that that reverse retro the sharks had i have been in love with every like even the stealth jerseys i think look sharp like yeah they're they're the, fine but they're just not as good as the teal the, as the heritage jerseys and it's just the heritage are so good the heritage looks sharp and even your main homes and aways look so good like it's just the teal like i yeah. wish the pistons would bring back the teal and uh, you know this is a lockdown pistons but 90 percent of the nhl has either red or blue and yes, it's just that's it's my like, that's my it's like that's pistons yeah it's like, like the coyote god could you imagine like the Kachina Coyotes jerseys, but those like stretch the heritage jerseys. Oh, like just how beautiful that would look on the ice. And why NHL? Oh, why can't we do this? Just have some fun. Oh, good. Have is fun. It, yes. God forbid. The NHL For is real. also the no fun league. Yes. Uh, much like the NFL and now the yes. MLB. Wow. This is the only fun league left, the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I feel Very like it's much. been like that for a minute, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, my friends? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think uh, sharks. You know, this is. They have a pretty 
after that Penguins game, it's like Red Wings, Sabres, Flyers again. So these these are games that the Sharks really want to make a playoff push. Like these are games that they need to try to stack some points in. But yeah, playing on the road, it's a long road trip like this. It's not always it's not easy. So yeah, we're we're I mean we're in a similar boat, right? Like our our first two games back from the layoff were were Boston and and Washington. <laughs> <laughs> and so like now that you know and, and we got you know oh and two comfortably in in those games and uh if, if same boat if we want to actually maintain our our kind of position as right outside the the playoff picture now and try to get back in the mix these are these are the kind of games so that i mean that makes for fun hockey though two yeah. two teams that need to get back on uh the horse name friday oh my god gonna, gonna there be it is on a tuesday there it is on a tuesday <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now check out Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and available on all platforms. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us, Locked On Red Wings, on YouTube and our buddies at Locked On Sharks. And you can follow JD, and I, I, I meant to ask you this. You can follow him on Twitter, at MyFryHole. Yep. And I'm sure there's a story behind that because it's a Futurama what, reference. Is it really? I Fantastic watched Futurama. How did show. I not know that? I'm miss. I'm whiffing on all these references these days. Yeah, Scotty. it's a Futurama reference. So yeah, you are Brian. Uh, <laughs> pop culture, I guess, is not my thing these days. Uh, we're pop back culture from 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, uh, <laughs> sayings from the 1800s that apparently <laughs> Scotty's family held on to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Who rides in town on a horse? That's the question. It's yes. 2022. Don, you, you want to talk about the origin of sayings? We say so much stuff that doesn't apply today. That means nothing. That is the worst argument you've had. The, wor- the one that, that always gets me is the stitch in time saves nine. What the hell does that even mean? <laughs> right? my, my, my boss says that, and I don't know what she's saying. What are they talking about? <laughs> Save what, saves nine stitches? Like I, I guess. What? You just go, yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. I'll get back to work. Yes. Yes, what you're saying is we got to be more efficient. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back with a game recap for you guys tomorrow. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.